Father, in the name of Jesus, we do acknowledge that May is the month. Now is the time that you are shifting things here at Metro. Lord, we will obey. We will hear and we will obey. We will hear and we will obey. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Have a seat. Say shift. Come on, like you need something in your life. You know, sometimes um, it's, just, it's just a matter of, um, of scooting yourself just a little bit to get comfortable, right? Somebody say shift. shift. No, I didn't. I didn't you, you heard I, FT, understand? Shift. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I uh, want you to be clear. Say it with a gun. Say shift. shift. Everything in Metro is shifting. It's changing. It's morphing. It's becoming. It's, it's achieving. It's becoming and it's achieving. You heard me, didn't you, Pimpy? <laughs> the Lord is getting ready to do something amazing. But just like every other time, the Lord really wants to do the, the supernatural, but he must prepare our hearts in order for that to happen. I've been saying it for many, many years. The Lord wants your dreams for your life better than you do, but not at the expense of your character. And we at Metro are becoming and we are achieving uh, are we good? All right, cool. I'm going to read something, and then we're going to play that, okay? I want you to look at something really quickly. Hebrews 4, Hebrews 4, verse 12 and 13. Hebrews 4, verse 12 and 13. This is going to be interesting. Okay, here it is. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. I'm sorry, I love the word of God. Every time I read it, I see something different. I promise you, the, when, 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 I, when I get it, and then when I get up here and say it, I, between the two spaces, I promise you, it's something else I've seen. That's because it's alive. Anything that's alive is always changing. Sorry, I can't stop there. I got to keep moving. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. Here's my question. Have you ever seen your soul? Have you ever seen with your two natural eyes your spirit? If, if you are, uh, that's interesting. The word of God is so sharp that it cuts between the soul and the spirit. It can't stop right there. But just for a hot second, the soul is the sum of your mind, your will, your emotions. That is your thoughts, your feelings, your decisions. And the difference between your spirit, which is the spirit of God inside of you. We need a division between those two sometimes so that we can see the difference of what God wants for our lives and what we've accepted to be in our lives. My God, I'm just seeing this now. Between joint and marrow 
It exposes our inner thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything, say everything, everything is naked. I know it says naked, but I just like to say naked and exposed before his eyes and he is the one to whom we are accountable. If we are going to have success, we are going to have to be sharp. Check this out. Somebody say sharp. Now that's sharp. That's kind of one of them sharps. You don't even want to put your finger on it because if it's going to cut silk like that, just falls like paper. Oh my goodness. I remember this time we was a kid. My dad bought like 70 knives. Somebody needs to tell the bishop to get off the home shopping network because they will dupe you into getting 70 knives. And there was knives and, 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 and arrows and, 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 and swords all over our house because dad, dad was giving them away and keeping them. And look at this one here. You put all your four fingers through this one and then you know, big, big gut knives and fish knives and all kinds of knives. Bishop, where you going? What, Daddy, what you going to do with all these knives? What is happening? It didn't matter. He wanted, he wanted something. He wanted, it's something about that, that that he just had to have. Uh, we, we, we were always introduced to stuff like that. Interesting. Somebody say sharp. Sharp is what we must be, but must do. Simply, I want you to take this definition down. I think it's super important. I'm going to talk about it just a little bit, and then I'm going to talk about what sharp actually means. It's success. I want to define success for you. Listen, uh, Whoever controls the language controls the culture. God have mercy. Whoever controls the language controls the culture. You know we're in trouble when our government is trying to redefine what male and female are. It's a direct, you ought to take it as a direct onslaught of the enemy or whoever picking on who we serve because it was the Lord who said that I created them what male and female now if you have a challenge with that we can help you we can help you I promise you we can my God the day we have to take our children <laughs> to the bathroom was thinking about that story you told us Todd yesterday we might have to deploy your method sir my brother said when he was going out of town he would put a porta potty in his car for his children we, it might not be for the same reasons but my god the day I go to the bathroom and I see a man in there I was just, it's, we were in trouble I need to define success for you because that's what the media has been trying to do all along. They've been trying to tell you that success is making money. 
They've been trying to tell you that success is being able to do what you want when you want. They've been trying to tell you that success is based off your own human desires and that alone. That, that is the standard by which, by which uh, uh, we should measure success. But if you are, is it, it's all right. No, no, it, it, it's all right. I'm going to keep talking. That's all right with you. Uh, it, but, but if we define success the way the Lord says, and we're going to be talking about this for the next few weeks, it's so important that you understand very clearly the success is two things. Success is two things. Number one, it's becoming the person he created me to be and achieving the goals he is helping me to set. Because you know you can set some goals for yourself that you know either, either it's way too big and you ain't going to never do that or it's way too small and you're going to always hit that without any effort. It's achieving the goals he helps me to set. If we're going to be successful, we're going to need to be sharp. Say sharp. Come on, say sharp. Sharp, sharp has five letters, S-H-A-R-P. See if we can wrap this into what we're doing today. Sharp. The S, just a little acronym we put together. I'm going to go uh, relatively quick because, uh, yeah, it's going to be easy, simple. Uh, uh, yeah, about, about 11.15, Jarrell. I know you're listening to me and looking for it. All right, service. Matthew 20, verse 25 through 28. Matthew 20, verse 25 through 28. This is what it says. But Jesus called them together and said, so interesting. Every time I look at the Bible, I see something different. I can't step right there. He called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world it, uh, will lord it over their people. Everybody knows. The, and, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Verse 26, but among you, it will be different. Point at somebody. That's right. Your mama told you don't do it, but I'm telling you do it today. Put your finger in somebody's, in somebody's face. Say, you must. Now, see, it must with a little gusto, a little authority. Say, you must be different. You must be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Say, slave. I know you don't like to hear that word, uh, 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 my fellow African-American people, but if you look at this, uh, this word through the eyes of the kingdom of God, you may want to shift your thinking. Verse 28, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Dad, man, I never heard it like we said it this morning when you said God was the one who put the price on your head. He was the one who decided that at what price it would cost, your, your, that your life would cost. And it was no dollar amount. It was the, the innocent blood of Jesus. I'm talking about service. If we want to be sharp, if we want to be successful, then we want to be sharp. I know that you want to be the greatest leader. Let me tell you a secret. If you are an employee, right? If you're an employee, one of the things you can do is do your best to work yourself out of a job. Make sure that you become expendable. Because when you become expendable, you become promotable. 
When you can do, when you serve your boss to the capacity that they don't have to do nothing, then that try to tell you that's the way you become promotable. Here's the question, how can I make you look good? How can I make you look better? Man, Neil, I enjoy serving on the side of you, man. You made us look good this morning, man. For real, though, I, I, I appreciate it. Listen, it's something about being on a team of people who have the same attitude of serving the king. If you're going to be a service, though, that means, if you're going to be sharp, that means something has to die. So for every letter, for every word, there's going to be something that has to die. If you're going to be in service, then entitlement has to die. Man, there's something about this generation. I can't stand it. I mean, I, I live in a city, and uh, you, you walk, walking across the street, and I'm thinking, cars ride roll here. Not them little buggies. Them little, you know what I'm talking about? Them, you know what I'm talking about? Them little scooters. I, I just want to roll sometimes. I just want to just, just a little bit. Scare them just a little bit because you don't belong on the street. You belong on the sidewalk. But they feel entitled that they're there and not honoring the law. <laughs> Man, there's something about that attitude, that attitude that puts away service uh, or an attitude that wants to, to, to lend themselves, give themselves to the people that are around you, that attitude that says, this belongs to me just because I'm alive. My God, that's not the way the Lord put it. If, if Jesus came to serve, then what the hell you think is meant for you? Service is inconvenient, it's uncomfortable, it means more is required of you. Second word is honor. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. Next word is honor. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 says, run! <laughs> Remember uh, uh, Forrest Gun? Run, Forrest! Run! It said, run from sexual sin. No other sin as clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is against, is a sin against your own body. Really quickly, if I could give a testimony and, and be, be honest, man, it's one of the coolest things in the world to be able to stand before the people of God and know that Frederick and I are honoring the Lord with this. It's so interesting, though. For those of you who are single, let me be very clear. Um, it's not that I don't want him or he doesn't want me, but we want the Lord's honor more on the marriage than we want to, to please ourselves. I, I just need you to understand that. But there's one thing that I think I need you to help you help you understand that the reason why, honestly, I don't know, I can't speak for him, but for me, the reason why it's easy is because I want to honor God. That is what makes it easy and possible. I know that we are an example to those of you who have faith for when it becomes your turn, and I promise you, I believe that I am the tip of the arrow that's going to bust it wide open. We're going to return to the time where in Metro we couldn't get past the year without having five, six, seven marriages and weddings. We're going to get back to that place. Why? Because we're building a, a company of people who will honor God. And that's why we must multiply families that will honor God. 
mercy on us all. Verse 19, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So funny, I don't know if you were here when uh, Sylv Sylvan, Sylvan, Sylvan used to keep the kids, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't remember how she used to say it to the kids. I don't know why I hear her every time I said they said, who lives, you, don't you know to realize that the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself. I'm just not yelling it. It's actually in the word at the end of verse 19. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your whole body. What a privilege it is that God would, would send himself to be the answer to the issues of our lives. It's not just something that comes because you're cute. Because you're cute. But that ain't enough to save your soul. It is a privilege to be in a spot where we can give God to honor God with our bodies. Uh, if, if, if we're going to honor God, then obligation must die. We're not, we can't no longer feel like it's an obligation to serve, an obligation to show up, an obligation to be present, an obligation to do your daily devotion, an obligation to go to Connection Group, an obligation to make sure that you're here in the building with the people of the Lord. <laughs> in this building it is no longer an obligation because why you feel like it's an honor to be here a is for anointing this is what the enemy is really after because he knows that you need to be effective outside of this building first samuel 6 13 first samuel 6 13 says so so as david stood there among the brothers samuel took the flask of oil I can see it as a dramatic moment. I can almost hear the music, even though there was probably none in that moment. But I can hear the music coming out of nowhere and the entire family being very aware that something is getting ready to happen. Samuel takes the olive oil he had bought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of God came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel went on back to Ramah. Here's my question. Where did David go? He went back to deal with the sheep. Anointed as king. Anointed in that moment to serve. Probably to develop more his anointing. By the time by the time we get to Goliath, David knows exactly who he is. But where did he find that? It was founded in a place of service. Where he, what he learned when he was there is that he, with a 17-year-old boy, I'm sorry, is there anybody that's 17 in here or close to that age? Anybody? Who is it? Stand up, homeboy. Who are you? Oh, that's a Harris boy. Which one are you? Okay, you got that stuff all over your face. What? Who are you? Christian. You're 17? 18. Are you? Jesus. 18? Oh, Lord. Jesus, what is happening? 
This boy, this boy, you said 18 years old? By the time, keep standing, by the time David was his age, he had killed lions and bears. What? Have a seat. What, what, that's why when he came against Goliath, he knew what was going to happen. Because the anointing had come upon him. The anointing is that special sauce. The anointing is that thing that comes on you that when you walk in the room to come to the interview, you know what's getting ready to happen. So you can speak with confidence. I don't care how much fat you have on your body. I don't care how your teeth may be, it may be WWF in your mouth because your teeth is all jumbled up in there. I don't, I don't know. If you, I don't know if your skin is real. You ain't got no hourglass. You just straight up and down. Confidence is sexy on anybody. And when you, can com- when you can wield the power of God for his glory upon your life, that is the anointing. When you can learn things just a little bit faster and be ahead of the trend. When technology comes simple and easy to you. When you know exactly what to do for a given, any given situation. That is- and when you deploy your answer, everybody wants to know, how you know that? Because when you make the decision, when you do the service, when you're first to get there, last to leave, and when things fall into place because you were involved and it falls apart because you wasn't in there, that's God backing you up. If we're going to be successful, we're going to have to be sharp. Somebody say sharp. If you're going to be sharp, then you have to do, there has to be death to self-reliance. You ain't going to be able to do it on your own. You are not going to be able to do it on your own. Your own, your good looks and your talents. I know you went to school for that degree. But you, that alone is not going to get it. I'm sorry. The, 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 the uh, uh, education, the view of it has completely changed. Now, it dep- depending on now, I don't want somebody who has uh, d- a doctorate of YouTube University to uh, 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 do surgery on me. But 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 given but given uh, but given uh, the the particular uh, field of play, you you you, you almost you, you almost ain't you ain't got to have no four year degree. You need to know how to produce results, how to solve problems, and the anointing of the Lord comes upon you. He'll give you an idea. You'll find yourself doing something else. My God, David was that guy. The anointing R quickly is for ready. Ready, say ready. ready. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Philippians 4, 8, 9. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Verse 9, keep putting into practice. Say practice makes permanent. Say it again. Say practice makes permanent, not perfect. Because if you perfectly, if you imperfectly keep practicing it, when it's time to shoot the ball, it is not going in the basket. Practice makes permanent. It says, keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then. 
the God of peace will be with you. You know what peace is? It's your foot mm, on the neck of your enemy. Sounds like success to me. But well, before you get there, you got to be ready. Ready with excellence and with everything that is praiseworthy. Here's the deal. I love what you said. You said yesterday, Todd, you said, average is that you are the worst of the best and the best of the worst. <laughs> the worst of the best and the best of the worst. I'm sorry. If you're going to be successful, that is a, a become what God created you to be. You cannot be average. It is the enemy of best. And if you are born from this house, excellence is required of you. It is the standard. So get in shape because you got to jump up here. It's not just about what's going on in here. It's because if you can jump it in here, you ain't going to have no problem jumping it out there. Last word, P. Oh, what must die, right? Uh, 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 P, I already said it, self-reliant, oh, it already. Uh, 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 laziness <laughs> is what must die. Procrastination, listen, procrastinators, ain't this right, Regina? Procrastinators and perfectionists, y'all got the same disease. Y'all sitting there doing nothing. P. It's perfection. P is for perfection. That is God is perfecting us. Man, help me uh, find it. Uh, it's that one, uh, I think it's in Romans. It's that one that says, until Christ's character is formed in you. Uh, that, those are the words. You can Google that. You can tell me where it is. Uh huh. Perfecting, perfection. That is, that is, uh, uh, can you find it real quick? Because I can, because the Bible can say it better than I can. Mm -hmm. Don't make me do it. You got it? Just Google it. Say perfect. Say uh, what I just said. Mm -hmm. Till Christ perform you, yep. And then put scripture. What? Galatians 4.19? Boom. Boom. This is one of my favorites. Galatians 4, 19. There we go. 4, is it 19? Galatians got a 4, 19? Of course, 16. That's one I see on there. I don't care what version. Uh-huh. Come, can you help me, Sister Kyle? I need to. No, no. <laughs> Appreciate you. Living. Mm -hmm. Oh, God have mercy. Here it is. Oh, my dear children. Anybody want to consider yourself? I'm going to let you do it today, all right? Let me do it with you. If you want to be, you want to call Bishop Johnson father. Anybody want to do that? I know it's, I know, anybody want to do that? I love it. No, no, listen. No, no, ma'am. If you call him daddy, I'm gonna call somebody else daddy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> Listen, two can play that game now. <laughs> I'm sorry, dad. 
Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. It's going down. It's going brown. All right. Say it good, sir. All right. You can't call him daddy, but you can call him Diddy. Sorry. Uh, oh. Galatians 4.19. Let's go back to the Bible. Galatians 4.19 says, Oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until, somebody say until, until Christ is how what? Fully, fully developed or fully formed in your lives. This is what we call perfection. Something else I learned from my good friend. Perfection is something that happens over time. Perfection is something that happens because you submit yourself to something bigger, something higher, something greater than you. And this is what we are in the center of doing in this season. If you're going to be successful, you're going to have to submit yourself to the perfection of your character formed according to Christ's character. If we're going to be successful, then we have to be sharp. We have to be sharp. That was Galatians 4.19. If, if we're going to be perfected, no one must die. Sin. Now, most of y'all have uh, done sin, have explained sin as missing the mark, and it's true. Or you have explained sin as smoking and screwing and hanging with those that do. And that's probably true too, but I want to redefine it for us just a little bit. Sin is anything that slows or stops God's purpose for your life. That means if you got to cut out the starches and the sugars, that Snickers is sin to you. Trying to help you out. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you now. Uh-huh. If you're going to accomplish God's purpose, you're going to be successful. Then you need to get rid of the things that prevent or to slow God's purpose for your life. What's interesting about God's purpose is he has an idea. He has a timetable. He has a plan, a specific way that things want to happen. That's, he put that in my life. I have that in spades. And I know it gets on your nerves, but Jesus did that to me. But he also says that he's going to allow you to decide to follow him or not. And it makes your own life your responsibility. And you, that's why you have to submit yourself to God's plan. Today, we begin our success training. And I want you to be sharp. I want you to have an attitude of service. It's one of the things I love about Frederick Brown. He's going to find some way to be useful. Blesses my life. I promise you it does. Honor. It's not an obligation to be here. It's not an obligation to worship God. 
to be among his people, to be a leader. It is an honor to give my body to the Lord. You single, you want to be married? One of the first things you better do is get used to honoring God with your body. The anointing is so precious. We have to be careful to steward it correctly. One of the ways we do that is to make sure that we're ready. That we don't get caught slipping. We must be ready so you ain't got to get ready. Somebody knew it. And last, we are being perfected. Because success is required of us if we're going to shine in this world that is increasingly going dark. Now is the time for us to shine. Because the world doesn't know what the ham fat to do. They're looking for us for the answers. So, uh, do what you do. Wow. Wow.